this is Shifron Stop, a fun podcast about games and cultural stuff and comedy and interviews. Hello, thanks for joining us. Uh, you're listening to Shifron Stop and uh, we've got a special guest, haven't we, Layla? Yes, we've got Dominic Wilcox. He's a, a designer and an inventor and an imaginer of things. So, um, hi, Dominic. Hello, Dominic. Hello. Pleased to be here. What's your accent? It's amazing. I'm not going to tell you. You have to work it out. Oh, is it Geordie? Uh, it's nice close. It's Sunderland. Oh, oh Layla. Bad start. End, end of interview. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is Geordie specifically in Newcastle? <clears throat> yeah, I think the Gateshead people fit into that bracket. Right. Um, but Sunderland doesn't, you know, that's Mackham technically. But uh, ironically, I do support Newcastle, which I'm probably the only person in Sunderland that ever has done that. Wow. But, well, that's why I moved to London. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fairly intense rivalry, isn't it, between those two things? It is very much so, yeah. yes. Yeah, I've been, I've been to watching football matches in Sunderland in the pub and they're jumping on the tables when Newcastle again beat. More so than when Sunderland win. <laughs> I mean, it's like... <laughs> They're only support, yeah, just supporting anyone else. Just <laughs> so you're a freelance designer? Uh, no, I don't, I don't know the technical term. I suppose freelance implies that I work for other businesses, but I don't really. So, well, I occasionally get commissioned by people mm-hmm. to, to make things. And can you give us uh, some examples of the sort of work that you've, that you've been doing? Recently, I did a, I made a field out of um, shoes, seven hundred shoes, and the shoelaces are green and they and they sort of rise up into the air about one meter into the air, and the seven hundred and just on the ground and they made this um, field, and that was in Selfridges. They're opening some um, world's biggest shoe department. How did you get the laces to stand up? <laughs> well, part of the magic. Um, <laughs> was it why? Loads of hairspray. I mean, does Paul Daniels ever give away? <laughs> I mean, does he ever answer those questions? <laughs> you were in Boing Boing recently. What was that all about? Did you see you were Boing Boinged? Oh, yes, uh, yeah. Was, was that um, in relation to a specific work or just in, your, in, in honour of your general genius? Uh, <laughs> I think they'd picked up a particular project I'd done recently um, in September. I set myself a challenge of... Um, making something creative every day for 30 days in a row. And um, I think Boing Boing picked up on one, which was day 27, and I made a shelf of uh, 200 pencils basically glued together in a, in a long roll of coloured pencils, so got the uh, shades of colour. And uh, that I recently picked up loads of hits, so, you know, once big, one big website picks up on it, lots of other blogs pick it up, and then... I want to say that we knew about you before Boing Boing. Oh, yeah. I want to get I mean, that in. Yeah. We, had, we had booked Dominic, like, weeks. That goes without saying, saying, surely. Yes, you know, yeah. we're not just we're not jumping we're not on the latest on trend on the, on the internet, no. <laughs> the 30-day design project was, um, was brilliant. And did you find that it made you... Has it, do you now feel more creative as a result of forcing yourself to do something <laughs> every day? I think, um, yes, I, I sort of need the motivation. I need to force the motivation on myself. Mm. So, you know, particularly when if no one's asking you to do anything, you can quite easily not do anything. Yeah. Uh, so I, I set this project, which was you know the, the the limit on the time, so that forces you to be quick. Yeah. I knew that every every day I put it on my blog, so there was an expectation from people, so people were watching, and I, I had that little bit of pressure that there's no way out of this now because I've got thousands of people following mm. every day what I'm doing. And, and also I limited the amount of money I would spend to about £10, so 
So I gave myself these limitations and, and, and through, I suppose, giving them limitations, it sort of spurs on creativity, mm-hmm. uh, you know. What were some of the um, most successful things that you invented over the course of the 30 days? Which ones did you enjoy the most? It's difficult to say the whole... I mean, the thing, looking at it, it looks really... um, Oh, he's having a wonderful time, having a bit of fun. (laughs) But actually, it was the most stressful um, month of my life. Um, It's stressful when you don't have the idea. And then once you've got the idea, you know, and I, and I could relax and, mm-hmm. and you sort of like get this adrenaline rush that, thank God, I've got the idea mm-hmm. and, and then you do it. And um, I don't know, I'm trying to think what I did. I made, um, what would happen if you put a light bulb in some bread dough, mm-hmm. put that in the oven and cook it and then switch it on. <laughs> These thoughts that occur to everybody. <laughs> uh, so I did, what did it. Happen? Well, what happened was I, I made the door and, I, you know, I bought, I bought an energy-saving light bulb because I had a theory that, well, that gives off less heat so there's less to go wrong. You know, so I am thinking I'm, practically. <laughs> I, I might have gone the other way around. I might have thought uh, an incandescent bulb is simpler it has less plastic in it, less likely to cause problems when you put it in the oven. Yes, that is true. That, 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 that did occur to me when I shut the oven door. <laughs> As bread does, it grow, it, it grows, you know. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to get too technical. Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> um, yes. Then it went brown like bread, so it, it just looked like a big ball of bread, but with a, the end of a light bulb sticking out, which was, the idea was then to, so then I took it out and I, I, t- I took the light bulb out of my living room and I replaced it with this bread uh, light bulb. Um, so I haven't seen pictures of this, but I'm imagining something that looks a bit like a cross between a, a, um, a loaf of bread and a lampshade. Is that a... <laughs> It was more of a bun. Right. <laughs> <It was> a... <laughs> yes, I, I started small first, but it, this continues, this story. But um, So then it was like... I didn't know whether it was going to burst into flames as soon as I switched it on. So, like, the tension of me pressing the switch on the wall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like I was as though my house was going to burn down in an incident. <laughs> but no, I switched it and it came on. And, um, it worked then. The light bulb still, still survived. Uh, yeah, it works. And, um, I mean, it gave off a. Like, I don't know, like, looking into, the, into a volcano, mm. that sort of a red glow. Okay. You know, it, it, I wouldn't say it was a bright light that would illuminate a, a living room. But it, it mood was, lighting. Yes, it was mood lighting. Did it also give off like a mood smell of baking bread? It did actually. Yes, when when you go out of the room and then come back in, you can appreciate it. And maybe that's yeah. the thing. Like we you know, when they say if you're moving house, you should fill your house with lovely smells. Just, just install loads of bread light shades everywhere. <laughs> I do really need to commercialise my products, so I should really talk more to you with that. You can have that one free. So a while ago, Rue, you were saying that uh, wouldn't it be fun to have a section on the show? When I want to say this came from you. It was I my stress. fault. It yes. was your fault. Yeah. Um, which is what I would have tweeted during the week. Because I, I noticed that you weren't because you you don't tweet on Enemy of Chaos anymore. No, no. Your, your normal Twitter account. Um, and I wondered whether that meant that you they were sort of building up yes and, and there was a layer in underneath like yes. a sort of a sub uh, what do you call it subcutaneous yes um, <laughs> Twitter fat layer exactly yes which you need to get out yeah I um, think we should lance it but so I've been collecting these tweets it's just things that I thought and then I thought oh I would have tweeted that so I put it on my would have tweeted file on my clever phone. clever good, good to be collecting them so, um, audio, audio tweet number one. Okay, so the first one is, as with magic tricks, there are three basic Jonathan Coulton songs. <laughs> <laughs> That's my theory about Jonathan Coulton. 
as I was listening to him. He's very good, though. He is good. Now, what, a long time ago, when The Cube started, probably last year... Philip Schofield's Philip the, Schofield the Cube. On ITV. Yes. I tweeted that it's all about cats, because they have, you get nine lives, and it's all about balancing... You get, three, so, you get three lifelines, though, don't you? You get three lifelines. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I've so. only seen an episode. I really liked her. I thought Philip Schofield does a great job on, on the cube. He's good. It's yeah. just so funny, though, because he's, he's got no gravitas at all. <laughs> and it's obviously supposed to be like some kind of booming, like, the cube. <laughs> you should feel the cube. Um, and it's just Philip Schofield going, see you next time on the cube. <laughs> <laughs> but some days I'm Aunt Sally, some days I'm Wurzel Gummidge. That was when I was going to. <laughs> so you can see what I'm going for. <laughs> and weirdly... Well, you're obviously much more unsanny than Wurzel Gummidge. <laughs> <laughs> but weirdly, now you say it, that's I, a really good you image. Know, you know what I'm talking about. I do. And I think it, maybe that applies to a lot of people, not just like, it's not just a personal... Yeah. Um, no, that's, that's good. That's an insight into your, uh, your self-image. <laughs> um, this is, I think audio tweets is good. More people should do this. <laughs> Save it up. It's a good idea. Oh, and then I was thinking that you could have little windows that you can open in the toilet door so you can see the faces of the other people using the toilet. <laughs> toilets yeah what between the cubicles uh yeah like each well in women's toilets you often have cubicles on opposite walls okay um and and like i was thinking it'd be nice if you could see who <laughs> so maybe you could have you know like in a prison or in a film about a prison you have those little shutters that slide open and they go you want to slide them shut when you've been naughty but they have these in in men's toilets there's a name for them isn't, isn't this cottaging isn't that what you're talking about um, what, looking at people's faces while they're on the toilet? Oh, I was thinking more about, like, making a hole in the wall. Oh, and, I know. see, right. Because that's going to lead to all sorts of inappropriate behaviour. Well, I was thinking that the idea is that in order to be able to see anyone else's face, you have to have your own face be seen. <laughs> it's, so it's, it's, like sort a, of a, it's a panopticon. Of, yeah, um, oh, nice word. Yeah. yeah. Well, a that's, toilet that's... panopticon. <laughs> that's my idea. Have you ever been to the US? No. If you ever go to America, watch out for the stalls, as they call them, the <laughs> toilet cubicles. Yeah. Because uh, I've generally found that in public toilets in America, the doors are way too small. Right. And so they might finish at about knee height. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and again, at about shoulder height. So it's quite good for protecting your face when you're sat down, but not yeah. anything else. Right. And I don't know why they do that, whether that's in order to... But isn't that to... enough? Like, this, this is what I was wondering about with toilet doors. What are yeah. they actually for? What are they trying to conceal? Is it to conceal your private parts or something because <laughs> then you only need, a, you need only need like a narrow strip <laughs> yeah I mean I guess there's you know there's an element of personal space that's associated with the act of sitting uh, down on yeah, the toilet and yeah. you know you're going to want to be yourself mm. you don't want to be worried that other people are, uh, are judging you on your performance <laughs> Yeah, it would change your relationship with public toilets. Mm. Like, you'd only go in if you, if you were particularly interested in seeing other people <laughs> doing really their business as well. So that's my tweets for this week. <laughs> Good <laughs> collection. Thank you for sharing. More thoughts. Um, yes. Yeah, it's, that's a disturbing insight into your mind. <laughs> I'm in computers. I'm in the Hello you, this is Ian Lee, and you're listening to Shift Run Stop on, like, an iPod or maybe a cassette. Ooh, cassettes retro. I had this idea of making a smoothie. I quite like smoothies. I like the idea of them anyway. I don't have many, but I do like the idea of looking at them and thinking, oh, they're nice. <laughs> and <clears throat> anyway, I thought, how can I make a smoothie but in an inventive way? And I had this idea for putting fruit inside a football, loads of fruit and a bit of yogurt... In a, in a waterproof bag, put that in the football. And then on London Fields in Hackney, where I live, I went out and kicked this ball around the field for about half an hour. 
getting chased by dogs and whatever because they could obviously smell that something <laughs> was going on. <laughs> um, <coughs> this bull smells delicious. <laughs> I want to chase it. I know. But um, yeah, anyway, after half an hour, I then unzipped the ball, took the bag, this bag, and basically it all, I put bananas, um, uh, strawberries, I think it was plums, um, kiwi fruit. Oh, it was a beautiful mix. And then some um, plain yogurt in. And then I unzipped it and poured it into a glass, and it was actually very um, sort of. It was quite smooth. Mm. It was smoother than I was expecting, <laughs> and it was it was a sort of ready colour, and it tasted really nice. Mm. So it works, um, and you get fit as well. Yeah. And yeah. listeners might be thinking that the life of a designer artist sounds quite fun. I mean, you you get to sort of set yourself challenges and make things, and is it as fun as as it sounds, or is there hard work and graft and sweat? Yeah, I find it really difficult. (laughs) um, You know, to be creative and to be thinking of ideas all the time, there's no way around it. You have to force yourself to stare at a blank sheet of paper for a couple of hours. Mm. And and I think a lot of people give up after five minutes or assume that they're never going to think of the idea. I think you've got to have a you've got to have some sort of real self belief that the idea is in you. It's just a matter of time to get it out. And, and of course, just like anyone, I have moments of doubt that I'm never going to think of another thing again. I don't. I, I don't think it's easy. I know, you know, it, it looks fun and easy because that's just looking at the finished article. <laughs> but the actual process of getting there, um, like I do a lot of um, little drawings or sketches of inventions and things. Yeah. And now they look like, well, he's just had a little sketch. But I may have spent like two days, you know, going through, walking around the room, scratching my head, you know, mm. searching for an idea and nothing coming up. And, and so it's a, it's a life of turmoil. <laughs> <laughs> and, and is it literally staring at blank sheets of paper or do you have tricks that you can use, like creeping up on it unawares by thinking about something completely different and then it just yeah. comes to you? What's the trick? Is it like some people say you have a bath? Is that the... Uh... I have bath. Going out for a walk, if you find if, if you if your body is moving for some reason, it's it's like a bicycle chain on a bike connected to your brain. What's up next? Um, so it must be some snacks. Do you want to do Alice's? Mm, Hello, Alice. Hello. What what did you bring for us? Well, I went recently to Tobago and uh, I picked up some special Trinidad and Tobago snacks. They had lots of regular American snack food there, but I thought, how boring. I'll pick up things that only mention Trinidad or Tobago. That does look quite nice. Let's get stuck in. Where should we start? Where where do you recommend starting? I don't know. I'd say the thing that's already been opened. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get that out of the way. Yeah, I recommend that one. The nuggle. Shall I? Yeah. Shall I start slicing up the nuggle? This is how this is how we've been doing it. Seeing as Rue is is a danger to everybody. I, I, <laughs> I used a knife with my left hand, which is foolish. Well, no, it's <laughs> all over the place. These aren't. This is an expensive cutlery, really, so you have to sort with it a little bit. Oh. And then the nuggle, like um, <laughs> so you have sweet. You haven't had a nuggle before, oh. Alice. This is no, the, no, no, no. Nice. You saved it. I saved. You saved it. your pleasures for. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I think it's suspect it's going to be that kind of. Hershey's-esque chocolate you get um, that it isn't really like very nice. Yeah, um, because Trinidad and Tobago are pretty much thirty degrees all year round. Well, let, let's have let's have a, a nibble of the nuggle. I think this uh, is going to be as, 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 as I hope the adverts say <laughs> on on on, on oh. in, in on Tobago TV. Oh. Is that? It's quite it's solid, chewy, isn't it? Mm. Mm. It's like a picnic bar. Mm. It's got a, a nutty caramelly centre. 
strange mm. butter. almost diabetic chocolate on the mm. outside it's nice though I like the texture yeah so all they say on the knuckle is lots of peanuts chewy fudge creamy caramel in milk chocolate and I, I, I think it it's I think it's delivered on that promise mm. yeah. oh Alice you've also brought us a, a bonanza which seems to be from the same company look it, at my... well they think, think probably Trinidad and Tobago aren't big enough to have competing chocolate companies on the same you mean there might be a monopoly <laughs> I think they probably have the monopoly of uh, mm-hmm. Tobago they're, they're, from the, they're from the Associated Brands Industries Limited. Yeah, which is a bit like what they call Omni Consumer Products or something. But, um, so tell me about the Bonanza then. Is it, um, is it based on the TV series? Yeah. I'm going to finish off the Nuggle. Yeah, yeah. You should. Oh, yeah, like, definitely should. Well, well Dave carves into the Bonanza. So have, have, have some Bonanza. This looks, this looks a lot like, like a nougat. The American, the American Mars Bar Stroke Milky Way. I tried very hard not to just pick up the uh, chocolate bars with the funny names. No. Um, but Nuggle and Bananas. <laughs> 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 I'm really bad at choosing food. If it's got a funny name, these I'm probably biased. These are the, the so. sensible ones. Um, oh, I like that a lot. It's Nougat. Mm. I want to know more about the about the shoe display. Was it a brief that was given to you that was quite detailed, or was it wide open, do something creative? I moved to Berlin last year for three months just to do something different because I don't need need to be anywhere particularly. Mm-hmm. So. I went with a friend to Berlin, and yeah, and the, and the, the field of shoes was. Um, I was playing around with a shoe, and and I had this idea of um, of could I make the shoe levitate? You know, I thought if I could make this shoe levitate even an inch, that'd be really great. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I thought, right, well, how am I going to do that <laughs> in Berlin in the kitchen? Here we are, and um, well, so I had this idea of. Um, <laughs> shoelaces and the idea was if I put some wire really strong wire inside the shoelaces here I'm giving away things oh my god um, and the shoelace touched the table and, it was, and, the, and the wire was really strong that the, the shoe could could sort of appear to float yeah. except with the shoelace dropping down and then coiled maybe at the yes coiled or whatever onto, you know which I might do at one point. That's, <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. But anyway, <clears throat> I thought, oh, I need to go to the bathroom. Um, so I put down this this uh, this shoe on the table. And of course, when I came back into the room, I, I looked and the, and the shoe was on the table and the shoe lace was uh, rising up into the air because it had been reversed because, you know. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that, that looks interesting. <laughs> And then I thought, well, if I had loads of these, I could I could make some sort of field. And um, I wanted to get some sort of eco-friendly shoes, which I thought fitted nicely with the field idea. So basically, I wrote an email and contacted a shoe company called Terra Planner. And luckily, there was someone working there who knew my work, mm-hmm. which is happening a lot now. And she said, OK, how many shoes do you need? So I said... A million. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How many have you got? Yeah, exactly. And, and also, uh, do you have any wire? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then I got an exhibition space and um, I did that. And then someone else saw it, came to this exhibition in London, and he says, what are you going to do with it next? I says, well, I'd like to show it again, but bigger. And um, he says, you've got it. And it was this uh, Milan gallery owner. And so I showed it in Milan. And then Selfridges people must have saw it, and so they asked me, wow. "Do you want to show?" So it sort of grew from my um, kitchen in Berlin to Selfridges, seven hundred shoes via Milan. 
Nestle Peanut Punch may help you meet at least 15% of your daily intake of protein, calcium, and phosphorus. I didn't may. realize I had to have a daily intake of phosphorus. It may help you. <laughs> Maybe completely ineffective. Well, if your diet, we just we simply don't know. My my favourite thing. Oh, sorry, Bruce now taking the. um, (laughs) How peanutty is it? It's not very peanutty. Is it not? Well, either that or I'm confused by the the bonanza. (laughs) It's a bit like somebody's. It's awful. It's like it's like marker pens. Yeah, it's not even like like I've drank the inside of a marker pen. Sip and then you'll so sort of, yeah, get, get that down it's here. sort of a, it's it's like oh my god a it's milky colour but a little beans. brown as well mm. um. it's got like a slightly gritty Whoa. texture to it Alice <laughs> no, is not a fan <laughs> it's like oh my mouth is now coated in some kind of oh. <laughs> yeah it's, I don't like oh. that so uh, oh, of the three god. I think the, uh, the peanut punch is the wrongest yeah it's uh, I think it's it's made by Nestle which is which is always the, always the mark of quality. Ne- 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 Nestle, have, Nestle have also put this disclaimer on the side, not to be used as a breast milk substitute. Oh, my God! Flavoured milk is a fun way for you to enjoy the goodness of milk and is a great snack to help children meet their daily intake of nutrients. It's got a lady dancing on the side. She clearly loves peanut She's milk. holding her... her- Right breast. <laughs> She's doing the Wagner X Factor dance. It looks like something you'd buy on holiday, doesn't it? That <laughs> By That's accident. what I like about it. Whereas these look a bit like you might be able to get them in a classy, you know, the biscuits and stuff that we've had a bit. Thanks oh, for bringing so- it back from your holiday. <laughs> yeah. And the, it sat in my room for a full month before I gave it to oh. anyone. It no doubt has helped the, um, the quality. The well, it is UHT milk, yeah. so it wasn't going to get much worse yeah. anyway. A bit passy outy. <laughs> what accent do they have in Tobago? Um, or can you do one? Ca- no, because it would be a bit racist. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> give it a go. <laughs> I bought lots of crisp packets and I emptied the crisps out and I mashed them up and I added a little bit of water to the crisps and I, I, decided, I made a little man out of these crisps. <laughs> And then the idea was then I would take the crisp packets and fill them with helium and see if this man would fly. Ah. <laughs> so that was my um, plan. And um, so, anyway, so, so it was more of the adventure of making it happen. That was the interesting bit, like going, like, where do you get helium? Looked it up. Because I went into this uh, local shop in Hackney. Um, like a news agents, but they had some cards at the back, mm. some balloons. I said, "Do you know where I can get helium?" He says, "Oh, we've got helium uh, downstairs. We rent it out. Um, what balloon do you want?" I said, "Well, actually, um, <laughs> I've got some crisp bags." <laughs> yeah, I want to try it on a big crisp packet. And he goes, "What? A crisp packet?" Uh, he says, "No, no, won't, won't work. Won't work." Uh, lots of people tell me things won't work. You know, as soon as I ask them for anything that is slightly out of the usual, mm. their reaction is a negative, sort of doubtful, no. So you've got to sort of take a deep breath and keep on going. Yes, well, can I, well what, what, I said, what about the, um, the, the silver, you know, packets? Because he, he had the theory, I think, uh, that helium can pass through materials, like it can go through latex balloons. Right. So he thought it would just pass through a crisp packet. So I said, what, even the metallic crisp packets? Because you get metallic balloons. He said, uh, I don't know. I said, can I try? OK. So we, so we went downstairs into this dark basement filling up these uh, crisp packets. Uh, first attempts didn't work. 
I think I'd bought luxury crisp packets, which too were heavy. quite yeah, too heavy too and small. Right. You know, I think that there's a proportion of, you know, <laughs> quality <Yeah. laughs> and whatever. So then I went and I bought some Monster Munch and, um, I don't know, Quavers, uh, multi-pack packets, ah. um, which are a slightly cheaper variety of packet right. quality than the actual packets. So the, the outer bag that the they come in, bag, the big yes. multi-pack bag. Yeah. And, do they uh, have holes in, by the way? They do. Oh, yeah. Which I found holes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought, I was going to give up on the pro-tip. I thought, no, <laughs> I must push on. I will fill these holes with <laughs> sellotape. And then, of course, went back to the shop and no, they're too busy to do it. So I had to go wandering around, went to a florist's, and these really butch, tough guys that look, what are they working in a florist's? I mean, <laughs> you wouldn't expect it. And um, so I asked them, so, uh, you know, they were thinking... I've got these crisp packets. Can I fill them up with helium? And he's like, uh, "No, it'll be too. It'll be too much. Too much waste of helium." I think. Well, it's only a little. I'm not asking you to fill up my zeppelin out parked outside. <laughs> and um, anyway, the other, I ignored him, the, the really tough one, and went for the semi-tough one. And uh, he was quite friendly, and, and, he, and he got into it. You know, when you get people, you know, you try to tell the story of what I'm doing, thirty day project, and this is the pinnacle of the project. God damn it! And uh, so he did it, and <clears throat> he, he did it, and he said, "Do you think it's going to float?" He obviously had some idea, and he's high, and he let go, and it's gr- it very slowly sank. But then he says, "I bet if we trim off, you know, like the the edge." It, that'll make the big difference. Wow. And it did. We just trimmed off the seal, yeah. just slightly, <clears throat> just a little bit of plastic, and and it floated. That's brilliant. Um, unfortunately, it wouldn't lift the, main, the my little crisp main. <laughs> Presumably quite dense. <clears throat> yes, they were rather heavy. So I, I wanted to end on a high note, so I thought, right, what can, what can I quickly think of? So I bought a couple of 30 birthday uh, balloons mm-hmm. with a big number 30 on because this was the 30th day and I added that up a couple of them on and then I went to the park and I just let these little uh, crisp packet man uh, float away t- to the sound of uh, Frank Sinatra's come fly with me <laughs> there's a video on the website and so a poignant uh, moment oh it was it was actually when I was looking and 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 at first it was going to go straight into a tree and I thought, well, this, this is not the climax of my project. But I just, like, willed it to turn left and left and it just missed the tree. And then it went really, really high. And it, oh, yeah. So would you do it again? Would you do another 30? Yeah, well, I, I kept getting people saying, keep on going, keep on going. <laughs> Bastards. I know, I know. Um, yeah, I think I, I will. I, I will do some things, but I think I'll probably give... A little bit of time, like one a week, or yeah. you know, something. Um, because sometimes I am cutting corners mm. when it would be better if I had another day mm. to do that as well, you know, and to build up on it. But um, yeah, definitely. Yesterday, I had uh, forty thousand visits, wow. and the day before. And then I like the comments as well. You know, so I, it's more about the people that get inspired to mm. to do it because I do these talks. At, I do talks at colleges about it, and I think people just like this idea of not being so precious and not overthinking things, and just just doing it and trying it, getting your hands dirty, mm. and not worrying about how oh, it could go wrong. I do also do that. You know, where you think things through to the nth degree. Mm. And you think, well, well, it's going to go wrong, I think, at that point, so I'm not going to bother. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's good to, to just try it because one thing, if it does go wrong, it might open up a doorway to something else. And you, you're thinking on, when you're thinking on your feet, 
you're, you're most creative, I think. Mm. I like the feeling I get when I hit on a good one, mm. you know, and I just I sort of like addicted to something, like yeah. a drug. Yeah. It's, it's my drug. It's what makes me feel good. <laughs> so that's why I'll keep on thinking of another thing to get that feeling back. The actual making of things I find a bit boring, but I suppose with this 30-day project, I was making stuff and not knowing what it was going to look like, and so it becomes more, it's more interesting. I think it's, it's a bit boring when you have an idea and you know exactly what it's going to look like and you can draw it out in detail and make it, mm. you know, that, that making. But uh, there was a number of projects I did um, where it was very hands-on, like I wrapped up little grapes in a thread um, to make them little... Like, because I really like grapes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's an explanation. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. as good a reason as any to wrap them up in thread. I mean, <laughs> well, exactly. make, them, make them unusable. Because these yeah. are the ones you dipped in wax, and mm. as I understood it, you wanted to make grapes a more more satisfying to peel or something. So you did. <laughs> what was the story with that? Well, uh, well, I don't know. I, as I said on the blog, I really love grapes. They're like little juicy jewels to yeah. me. I just wanted to make that process of eating the grape a little more drawn out, a little more, you know, special. A bit harder. No, that's your word. (laughs) (laughs) Mine is to appreciate the process of the consumption of the grape. I mean, I dipped things in wax and I used um, thread, wrapped them round, um, so you could open it like a baby bell cheese. <laughs> you know, and it does definitely add to the enjoyment of the baby bell, the wax thing, right? The peeling. That's the only good thing about a baby bell. Yeah, it is. It is the only good so thing. So did it work? Did this allow you to unwrap a grape with a thread? It did. It was thoroughly enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, and I really enjoyed the grape, even more so. <laughs> did it? Peeled the grape as well. What did the wa- dripping in wax process also mean that you were peeling the <laughs> skin? What melted off the skin of no, the grape? That would have been quite cool if you were peeling the. Uh, you okay. hook the thread slightly under the skin yeah. so that you like unzip the. Th- or use super glue. You could actually use the skin of the grape as the as the surface that you're ripping off. Oh, yeah. That would be very satisfying. Yeah, that, did you? <laughs> I want to go and copy you, but change it. Yeah, you do. You do, you do the same project, but improved <laughs> every day. Very, very slightly more difficult things. <laughs> this is nice, though. We're standing uh, on. Well, I guess this is the South Bank, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, this is the South Bank. We can see Big Ben to our left. Yeah, to the right. Uh, that's Waterloo Bridge, just to the right of us. BT Tower, straight ahead. Dead ahead, yeah. Like a like a big beacon. And if it wasn't for the trains going in and out of yes. whatever that is, Charing Cross. There is a Christmas fair. In fact, we move forward, mate. There is a Christmas fair on the South Bank at the moment. Oh, you look at see? that. Doesn't it look lovely? Oh, why are we up here on the fifth floor? We could be down there. It's magical. There's a snow globe thing, like in Dragon's Den. Have they got one in Dragon's Den? Yeah. What, was it one of the inventions? It was one of the inventions where you, you go into a snow globe. So, where, I mean, at the moment, there's no snow falling. There's no. no. So what do they do? Do they whisk it up with, with fans? No, I think it just sits there oh. on the bottom. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'd be interested to see it in use. Well, that's a terrible snow globe. There's also a thing that says box office, which is like... Um, <laughs> it looks like a tiny... A t- a tiny circus with um, penguin paper <laughs> on the outside. Yeah, there's a very small <laughs> tent and then next to it a very small box that says box office. The box office is almost as big as the tent. <laughs> so I want to know what's going on inside the tent, obviously. Yeah, I bet it's a Santa's grotto. Santa's grotto. 
Yeah, you go and sit on an old man's knee. <laughs> yeah, lovely. <laughs> I think we should send you in. Uh, they should put a sign on the uh, the outside, like at Ghost Stories, where it says, please keep the secrets of ghost stories oh, yeah, inside, and they should yeah. put it on Santa's grotto. We should send you in with the recorder tucked into a Oh, pocket. my God, yes. Then, it's uh, like the equivalent of taking flash photos on the ghost train when the <laughs> guy jumps out wearing a shit mask. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we should do this because... I think they'll accept any paying customer. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be, like, be fussy, It's going to be like £20 or something for a ticket for your shit plastic comb. Yeah, I wonder what you get. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you get to tell Father Christmas what you want for Christmas, which is obviously, that's the major bonus. I think we should benefit. find out from listeners what is the best or worst thing you've had from a Santa's grotto. <laughs> if you can remember. Because I want to know what they give you. Okay. Have I don't, you, I don't have a memory of, uh, of a Father Christmas oh, experience where I got a thing to keep. I'm sure it must have happened, but I don't remember any... So uh, what, what, I'm, uh, impl- uh, what I'm inferring from that mm. is that the... I nearly said implying. <laughs> that would have been dreadful. Jesus, that would have been embarrassing. What I'm inferring from that is that anything that I did get was very forgettable. Yeah. But if you're listening and you remember yours or you're, um, you're a parent and you've got kids and, you know, you're going through this right now, yeah. let us know. What, yeah. what should we be ex- expecting from a Santa's Grotto? Or you're a Santa. Oh, brilliant. Imagine that. Somebody listening must do that. Come on the show. We'd love it. We'd love to meet Santa. (laughs) She's so excited. How did you feel when the month ended? Was it a relief not to have to wake up every morning? Or did you find that you were in the routine of of doing it anyway and it was good for you creatively? It was a relief. I mean, it was a... I was really glad (laughs) that that that, that flying of the crisp man, you know, last day had finished. And um, because... Well, for one, I hadn't seen any of my friends. <laughs> I hadn't, so busy. hadn't lived, you know. I hadn't had a time. To, I, I actually lost about half a stone, you know. And um, wow. so, I, and I never. I just. Hey, he's, I, not, he's not a big man already. So yeah. you're losing weight. Dominic, quite, Dominic right can't really you. afford half a stone. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, um, so yeah, it, yeah. It was a relief to be able to eat something. <laughs> It wasn't grapes or crisps. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was it. That was the funny thing because on the was it this last second off last day I made I bought loads of um, onion ring crisps and um, did they get more and more food themed? <laughs> I've got an idea. Sit down and eat something. Yeah. Uh, that was it. Uh, it must be a subconscious thing. I was making food. Well, the bread, obviously, you yeah. know. Yeah. But I made these, uh, they got these onion crisps, and I was thinking, God, what can I do? I'm struggling for an idea, day 28 or 29, I can't remember. And basically, I, I was, like, piling them up in a row, these onion rings, and seeing if I could get to the seeding, you know, in just some sort of tube. <laughs> just a sort of Tower of, of Babel of, yes. of crisps. <laughs> yes. Of course, I could only get, like, 10 centimetres before it fell over every time. <laughs> right. You know, and I was feeling weak at the time. I just couldn't <laughs> deal with this. So anyway, but I put the, as they fell onto the floor, they, <clears throat> yeah, I, I started to uh, arrange them on the floor in a, in a sort of group, just touching but flat in one one level of onion rings. <laughs> and um, I thought, oh, that's interesting. I quite like that. So I, I basically thought, I wonder if I could glue these together in a flat sheet. And, and so that's what I did. Well, at first... I wanted to see if I could stick them together by licking them together and, st- and joining the ring. We've all done it with what sits. <laughs> yeah. Stick what sits together? 
it? Yeah, of course. Can you? You oh, bite yeah, the end off of one, one watsit yes. and the end off another watsit, oh. wet both ends, stick them together. You've just made another watsit. You've made a long watsit. Now oh. do that again. You've made a really long watsit. Oh, Keep wow. going until you've got practically a sword. That's brilliant. You must be familiar with this process. Uh, no, no. I wish I, I, wish I, <laughs> I, I, wish I Googled it. <laughs> Um, what's it so that's what you want to start making you could do the same thing and then you could make you could chain them like um, like a Christmas decoration look at this we're just coming up with ideas all over the shop how is it (laughs) chain mail of onion rings or chain mail like like you could wear yeah well that's sort of what I did (laughs) (laughs) wait a minute I'm thinking of my ideas glue them together with super glue you could do that. Yeah. so you, you glued them together to make a sheet of I glue, yeah onion. I glued it and I made this well, what was I trying to do um, oh yeah I was, I was going to make a tablecloth right. out of them um, <laughs> I made this quite big fabric it sort of because the, the glue was um, it was you who Mm. It's just sort of flexible. Yeah. So it gave it a flexibility. But actually, when I picked it up after it dried, sort of, because I was in a rush, but um, picked it up, it, it was like this, you know, chain mail sheet. Right. And so I just draped it over a chair, took a photograph and then draped it over oh, me. Brilliant. Oh, wow. And um, it looks quite nice. It was horrible to work with, you yeah, know, that silly. greasy... Yeah. And the, and the main problem was I kept eating the things. <laughs> it was like, one glued, one ate. One glued, one ate. Yeah, it looked like um, a sort of edible, one of those car seat covers that people used to have with the beads when you draped it over the chair and you think, oh, that's yeah. like, imagine having that in your car. <laughs> yeah, crunch. Bye. Bye.